Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for Same Race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Oh, you'd know this from your time as a player and a coach. you got those journalists like the beat reporters that are always around the team. They get a good read on the team, don't they? Oh, they, they do. Yeah, we used to have plenty of them around the Warriors. I don't know what it's like now, but... Um, at least half a dozen of them back in the day when I was coaching that would just follow you. Yeah, you know, Aaron Lawton, you remember Aaron Lawton? He's now the, the general manager of yep. County's um, Monaco Rugby. Um, but he was one of those guys. He would always be, you know, like having a coffee, wanting to talk to players, wanting to know what's going on. So, mate, they're pretty important guys because they can get a decent message out for you. Yep, exactly right, Kempe. And the Crusaders yesterday returned home to Crusade, Christchurch yesterday, greeted by their fans. Pretty familiar situation and feeling of satisfaction. The result was right one in the end for Scott Robertson's men. But the season had its ebbs and flows like any season would. And without a doubt, they managed to stay ahead of the pack. Robert Van Royen is one of the best beat reporters around the Crusaders. He is always near them. He's got a great rugby mind and he's with us now this morning. Robert, congratulations again. The team that you followed go deep into the competition, which means that, well, it makes your job pretty entertaining, doesn't it, mate? <laughs> Morning. Morning, guys. Yeah, it does. It does. It's a, funnily enough, this year, I, you're just talking about being around the team all the time. The, the, I'd actually been in the States for the, the four weeks ahead of the final. I got home last Monday um, ahead of the final. So I'd been away for a bit, and I, I, when I departed, I actually had spoke to Razor, and um, just let, I said, I'll look him off. Um, and normally, at the end of each season, once the dust settled on the season, I always say, kind of catch up um, sort of a week on once they've finished um, with their carry-on. And uh, I, mean, I said, look, I'll, regardless of um, what's happened, I'll we'll have our usual catch-up. And he just said, see you for finals footy. So um, he, the confidence was uh, was clear. So you came back and you slotted back in. And what did you notice about their mentality and their energy? Because I think this season, is it's been quite different to other ones gone by. And you probably hit this when you have to motivate a similar group of players year in, year out. So what have you noticed that they did slightly differently? Well, there's plenty of honesty after that. Uh, the you know, Razor spoke quite clearly yesterday, especially the, the turning point was after uh, that, that Waratahs game and 
he said, you know, he knew he wasn't good enough, and um, and, and, and he looked at everything, including the timing of when he was resting All Blacks, and admitted they took the Waratahs lightly, and that was the turning point. In the, the following week, they gave the force a real tickle up, and um, and bang, they found their rhythm and they got going. And you know, they've always not, and it, that's sort of the difference. You know, you heard yesterday Cody Taylor, sorry, on Saturday, admitting how much the team struggled uh, in the middle of the season. And, and the Crusaders have always had those little, you know, you spoke before about the dips there. You know, they've always lost a couple of games here and there and not played their best rugby in the middle of the season. But they always time it right, especially under Razor. I mean, it's a little bit of a difference under Blackadder. They just didn't quite get over the line and, and finish their seasons. And I think that's where, where you do really have to credit the coaching staff. Hey, Robert, do you think we're missing um, an opportunity here? You know, like they've been so dominant for so long. Do you think the club challenge like they do in the NRL, you think it's time now that this side went up to Europe and played the best in Europe to have a have a world champ um, um, game like they do in the NRL? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And, you know, they are, they are working on it. Um, last time I spoke to Colin Ansbridge, there was some good progress going on. Uh, the Crusaders... Chief Executive, um, some real good progress going along, going on with that. So, like, I think it's going to happen. Probably not 2023, but uh, 2024 potentially. You could start seeing it. I mean, look, nothing's over the line yet, but they're definitely getting towards um, that. And, and yeah, the sooner the better, because I mean, how, how good would that be? Especially, um, I think it's even more important with Super Rugby as it is, just Super Rugby Pacific. Without those South African sides, if you know, we look, we don't know what's happening and. 2024 now. Like I don't think the Aussies are going anywhere, despite the talk. I think that's all just uh, hot air. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's very important that they do get that across the line. You you made a good point about Razor putting his hand up and knowing that he had it wasn't good enough, and he actually spoke to us about that as well, Robert. Uh, after that Australian trip, resting the All Blacks is an interesting one. There's been injuries to navigate this year. There's been suspensions to navigate this year. But the core leadership group of the Crusaders. I'd suggest there's probably not much like it in sport worldwide about the amount of uh, leadership IP that they have in that group. Can you just talk to us about what you see around Rugby Park week in, week out, about who the different leaders are in the team and the way they all share the load throughout a season? Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, the leadership, it's large. And what what Razor's done over the last few years is he's he's rotated his He's introduced a bunch of different guys into the vice captaincy. Uh, he often names two vice captains in teams. So he's um, and then he's you've got to think Cody Taylor captain captained that title a couple of years ago when uh, Scott Barrett had his plantar fascia injury. Um, so he's you know, Sam Whitlock obviously captained in three years in a in a row there seventeen in twenty seventeen. Uh, Quinton Strange has captained them. So they've got so many guys, and, and then Richie Mawanga, he's not a captain, uh, hasn't captained them, but he, um, you know, even yesterday Razor spoke that he he'll come in and three three or four times a week, he will he'll he'll speak and just stand, he leads the team. The guys will just take notice and and shut up and know what he's got to say, how important it is. Um, so yeah, look, they're blessed with blessed with leaders. I mean, David Harvey's another one. He's, he's one of the more vocal guys. Now, and to be honest, Sam Whitelock in the last two years or so, he's much less vocal. He's sort of lets, he does he lets his actions uh, do the talking more now. It really is David Harvey is one of the more vocal guys uh, outside of Scott Barrett. 
So, so Robert, what's the talk down there? Like, he's obviously very good with the Crusaders and and getting the leadership group going, and and knows those those players inside out because he's he's come through as a player into that coaching um, regime. What's the talk down there for for Razor? Is it to now that uh, because he he's done all he has in Super Rugby to head overseas, or is he just going to be down there for the Crusaders and waiting for a shot to the All Blacks? What's your feelings on all that? Oh, it's it's definitely the, it's the waiting game. I mean, look, he signed that contract uh, through to through to twenty twenty four, and look, we know that that he's got the he's got the clause in there. Essentially, like he said himself, if he doesn't get the All Blacks job at the end of next year, uh, that that gives him the ability to leave um, at the end of next year. So you know, I'd, unless it was somehow a job hadn't doesn't fall for him elsewhere uh, that that he wants, um, the timing isn't right. Then he's got the option to stick around here for. 2024. Um, but look, it's all about the All Blacks, and he's going to have to wait to have a crack until 2023. I mean, people, there are some people who say, look, oh, you just got to give it to him, but it's, it's not going to happen. Look, they haven't just re-signed Ian Foster um, for two years. He's got it until the World Cup. Uh, unless they, you know, I just, the only reason I could think if he was gone earlier would be if they got done by Ireland, they lose the Bledisloe Cup, and Essentially, you know, you know, lose the majority of the games this year. I just and I still struggle to see it. So it's not going to happen. Um, Razor's going to have to wait till next year. And um, look, he's, he's got a good chance of it. But there are going to be other guys. I mean, does Schmidt have a crack? Uh, mm. You know, yeah, it's going to be. And, and look, I, I, if, if Ian Foster wins the World Cup and he wants to retain the job, you know, if they win it, I mean, he'll get it. He, it's, he's likely to retain it, isn't he? So. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be an interesting next uh, eighteen odd months, but uh, it's definitely the waiting game. He's not he's not going anywhere, uh, Razor, and neither, neither is Ian Foster right now. Yeah, that's terrible news for every other Super Rugby franchise that wants a crack at it. There's there's really nothing like him, and it's a, it's an anomaly of a situation where you've got a guy who's probably universally, and I think the majority of New Zealand rugby fans understand that, well, would like him to be the man to coach the All Blacks, but for whatever reason, one way or another, it's just not the case. One thing I t- spoke about earlier, Robert, is it's not just Razor, though. You get a package, and Jason Ryan is part of that package. Izzy has spoken about him, about what he means to the Crusaders and Canterbury rugby coming through, you know, from right at the bottom and working his way up. But the staff that Razor has assembled, and there have been guys like Liam McDonald that have gone and Brad Moore that have gone on to other things, but the staff that he has with him, it's all part of it, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. And and Scott Hanson, I actually did a piece yesterday on, on him. He, he's actually... Everyone's been talking about the Crusaders' game plan and how they just did the Blues over. Well, and Scott Hanson's in charge of the, coming up with your attack strategy and game planning, and he's been with them since 2020. He um, he replaced Brad Moore, who's uh, who went over to Scarlets, and now he's uh, All Blacks assistant, obviously. So, um, yes, yeah, Scott Hanson got the credit from Razor yesterday. I mean, he's one that came, he, he was looking at the Blues a month for the last month ahead of the final. So, well. You know, when the Trans Tasman games were still going, he was already looking. They they knew they were probably going to get the Blues uh, in the final, and he was plotting their demise over a month ago. And you know, he's got a and and he works closely with the inside backs too. And Richie Mawanga, he's a Linwood man, and uh, so so Richie Mawanga's known him since he was a young fella, mm. and he just talks. He he raves about um, his influence on the team, the influence on his game. He's not he's he's brutally honest, says it how it is. Um, so he's he's another one, and you're right. Obviously, Jason Ryan gets probably the, you know the second most recognition outside of um, outside of Razor. But yeah, Scott Han- 
Scott Hanson's big. And Timothy, Timothy Allison deserves plenty of kudos too, and he's in charge of the team's defence. Um, you know, he, he might now with Andrew Goodman leaving, he might. It'll be interesting what they do with the, the makeup. He might get a promotion and uh, slot into Goodman's role. We'll see. Yeah, every time I every time I hear about the way that the players talk about the coaches and the coaches talk about the club and the and the fans talk about the club, you just you just wish that the Warriors went down there and did some did some <laughs> some study on exactly what it means to have the DNA like the Crusaders have. What does it mean for the city, Robert, mm. and and the stadium, um, and the issues that you're having down there with this win? Well, I mean, yeah, I saw, I saw plenty of people saying, "Look, Phil." Build this team a stadium uh, straight after full time. You know they they deserve it. And you know, when you when you say that, you've got to point out again. It's it's just one of the things that does irk me a bit when uh, city councillors and and uh, the public are debating. It. It's not just a rugby stadium; it is multi-use. Or, you know, it's for concerts and all. But I mean, I mean, it, it is staggering that Sam Whitelock is the only player who's played in the in this team who played uh, at Lancaster Park. Is Australia that stadium. right? Um, yeah, that's right. I mean, in this. Everyone, there, all the other players, their career is their home games being played in a in a temporary scaffold clad stadium. So, um, and and look, what it means for the city. I mean, oh, look, there was a good good turnout. There were hundreds there at the airport to welcome them. I mean, you know, everyone. I've seen plenty of comments. You know, the, the how proud they make them, and you know, it's, of course, it gives everyone a, a wee boost um, down here. All the Crusaders fans. So, look, yeah, like I say, build them the stadium. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is, it's a bit of an insane situation, isn't it, mate? Hey, well, look, it's another one done. They'll already be thinking about how they can defend their title. That's the way they work. Uh, the game itself, you know, there's so many different ways to look at it. But um, I just, well, one last one to let you go. Cullen Grace, I just get a feeling that there's a, and you, you would have picked this up, there's this real appreciation of Cullen Grace as maybe the next big thing. I just reading between the lines, just some comments Razor's made, Kieran Reid saying he reminds of him of himself. And then the way he's mm. played in this final series and, and after, you know, Razor doesn't single too many people out, but he mentioned that he didn't, you know, that not making that All Black squad pissed him off essentially and he played like a man like who wanted to be in that All Black squad. Do you think Cullen Grace has a, has a year or a couple of years now that everyone goes, whoa, yeah, well, it's it's funny. I mean, they, they, they picked him two years ago when they shouldn't have in the All Blacks, and I, and I was dead against it at the time. I knew it was, it was too early. He should have been playing. He would have done. He would have benefited from playing a season for Canterbury, and uh, instead he went over to Australia with the wife squad and, and basically sat, sat on the bench and uh, didn't even make the 23. Um, so, yeah, I think that... They, and now when he should be picked, they haven't picked him. I mean, look, he's been outstanding this year, and, and I remember even when he came... Uh, they first picked him and he did break through uh, I remember Razor saying he's got hops like Kieran Reid and he just spoke about Reid uh, seeing similarities in his own game yeah that's what Razor compared him to Reid back then um, and look he yeah I think he should have made the All Blacks this year he, he was outstanding this season um, his line out work of the week he's probably you know the, in terms of loose forwards in the country you know arguably the best line out operator uh, he's, he's, he's incredibly hard nosed physical and you know, last year he missed the MCC season with a serious shoulder injury. So, look, he, he got healthy this year, stayed healthy. And, look, I, yeah, look, the All Blacks, uh, I think it would be wise to keep his number number handy because, look, you know, there's a good chance if uh, there's an injury here or there or he'll, he will get a call-up yet this season. If not, um, well, it's, it's Canterbury's gain and 
the MPC, and you just think they're already going to have Braden Edor and George Bridge playing for them this season. Another couple of guys who missed out. So, um, yeah, keep an eye on, on Grace. I think you're right. If he doesn't play for the All Blacks this year, he's, he's definitely he's still very young. He's got time. So, um, yeah, it's a bright future, no doubt about it. Uh, awesome, Robert. Great to catch up and completely uh, understand what you're saying there around Cullen Grace and the timing of it all. Uh, enjoy covering, well, I guess, the, the wrap-up of this and then into next year. It's always good to read your work on the Crusaders and everything rugby, mate. So um, thanks for your time. Good as well. Cheers, guys. There you go, Rob Van Roy and the press, rugby reporter, uh, stuff.co.nz. And Cullen Grace, you know what they say, Kempe? Guys, guys that have heavy shoulders, you know, like but they, they just their shoulders hurt. He seems like he could be a bit of that. Maybe he's your next league convert, mate. Well, no, I think he. I think he gets a shot. Look, if you look at Origin uh, and the second, the second Origin, New South Wales, they've made a number of changes after the first game, and I think there's, you know, common sense says that the All Blacks have their whatever their team, their twenty, thirty players, but right beside them they have names that slot straight in, and I, I actually think he plays by the, uh, the by the end of the series, the Orange series. I think I think that big number eight for Canterbury gets a shot. There you go. Twenty-two minutes past seven. Oh, at hundred one five zero eight eleven. You heard Robert Van Royen dissect the Crusaders' season as a whole and how they've done it. What about the game itself? I've got lots of thoughts here. I mean, there's so many different ways to go about it. Have you seen a set piece be dominated that badly? And can you win a modern rugby game if your set piece is dominated that badly? Were the Blues spooked by the weather? Did McDonald get the mix wrong? Should Papa he have started or not played? 0800-150-811. Come right through on anything Super Rugby Final related. Other than that, we're going to talk All Black Selection because that was a huge part of it. We're going to catch up on the right winger, left winger, right winger, after this on our All Black Selection and work out who we're picking today in number 14. Yes. There's only one. Thanks for your time, uh, Robert Van Royen. We'll hear from you soon. Hey, yo, lesson here, babe. You come at the king, you best not miss. It's one of the most iconic scenes in the Treasure TV show, The Wire, isn't it? A simple line, Kimpy, which has been used as a poignant analogy in endless moments throughout the years. You come at the king, you best not miss. Now, if you want the throne, take it. But if you don't, well, be prepared for retribution. Because to rule, you must be ruthless, merciless and cold-blooded. There's not a better way to describe what happened to Leon McDonald and the Blues on Saturday night. They had every right to take their shot at the throne, to write their names into history. They had a fantastic season where they showed time and time again they were a worthy challenger, desperate to reach the lofty heights. But did they respect the size of the challenge? Did they understand who the king was and what the king would do if they didn't act with their own ruthless intent? Scott Robertson spoke about stepping up and being a step ahead knowing the pack was coming and they wanted the throne. He knew what the Blues desired and he knew how to rally his men to defend everything they had built. The Crusaders weren't just ready to thwart any challenge on their kingdom on Saturday night. They took the battle to those who wanted what they had and they reminded the rugby public how ruthless, merciless and cold-blooded they can be. Not many sports teams worldwide have the hunger year in, year out which Razor distills in his men. Maybe this failure at the last hurdle will breed that inside Leon McDonald's blue squad. Maybe this will be the hiccup they needed to understand the enormity of what they were trying to do. Because remember...
Hey, yo, lesson here, baby. You come at the king, you best not miss. Yeah, boys, well, the Kiwis play Tonga this week, and this will be the first international on home soil since 2019. How good? The thing is, does anyone really know that this game is on? Has anyone seen any advertisements, apart from a couple on Sky? But who has Sky these days? Has there been any on the back of buses? Maybe some promos on some billboards around the country. I haven't seen them. Well, the Origin saw 90,000 supporters pack out a stadium in Sydney, and they're going to do the same in Perth next week. Are we expecting the spectators to do the same at Mount Smart? With nearly no promotion of the game, it looks like the NZRL are relying once again on our passionate Tongan supporters to fill it. Yes, what a night that was last time they played the Kiwis there. It was full of red and only a sprinkling of black in the crowd. But what was meant to be a Kiwi home game Oh, you will find that one really tough. It was more of a Tongan uh, homecoming than the Kiwis pack in that game out. This game should have been the start of an annual event, I think, and we could have built on it. It would possibly be the game that rivaled the origin concept. Once again, the New Zealand Rugby League have sat on their heels expect, expecting things just to happen. For those of you that don't know, the game is this Saturday. Yes, this Saturday, the women kick off at 3 o'clock and the Kiwis kick off at 5 o'clock. Let's give him a taste of Kiwi, Louis. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. Yeah, I actually, um, it's a pretty valid point, to be honest, because I, I knew like they were coming home and we were talking about the team. I couldn't quite work out exactly when the game was. It is a Saturday. Tickets are still available um, for a decent seat. It's about 50-something bucks, which, look, I, I want to go watch the Kiwis. I don't know whether I'll travel out there. It's going to be a hell of a game, though. I think we'll win. I want to go watch this team play together because... Look, if they can have enough time to get their combinations right, we might watch something special this weekend, Kimpy. Yeah, look, I, I mean, I do. I think it's probably the best Kiwi team they've put together in a decade. Uh, SENZ will be there commentating the game. Um, but, Whoa! But for me, come on. like Tony Kemp, play-by-play and yeah, analysis? You know, we this three years ago, we should have built it. This should be like packed out Eden Park. Mm. You know what I mean? This game, this should be packed out Eden Park. But it's just sitting there. Now, here we go. It's an international, maybe this Saturday. All right, I'll go get your McCaffrey coffee to calm your nerves. Here's Aroha, the news for Kubota, together with Shaping and Building New Zealand. Robert Van Royen after this. Can't wait, question of the day. Lopsided finals. I think we just saw one. What are they through history? Kibi, you got one in mind? Uh, uh, yeah, I have, actually. I've got the one where Manly absolutely tonked the storm, <laughs> 40 nil. I remember that. Yeah, 2008. Um, no one picked it. You, you know, we thought with the storm side as good as they they got that they would com- be competing. But Manly, uh, on the back of one that they lost, came back and absolutely dim- dismantled uh, the storm, which you'd never ever see um, happen too often, especially in a grand final. Simon, 2008 NRL grand final. That's exactly what he said. Oh, Tony, you just dropped off the line. Can we get Tony back? It was just about to. Get Tony on. Uh, here's some other texts in the meantime while we get Tony back. I wonder if the All Blacks are scratching their heads. The Blues All Black front row got smashed from Jamie. They did, Jamie, and they also got eaten up by the young Crusaders front row, Tamati and Fletcher Newell. Uh, so it wasn't just the starters that got the job done. It's a pretty astute observation. I think there are lots of All Black selections across the field that we'll look at. We'll talk about that later on. Morning, team. The Super Rugby final 
will be a close game. My tip for the weekend, power play. Successful drop goal in the match, paying $5. Barry's resent his message from Friday. <laughs> yeah, nice, Barry. I saw that um, on the replay. I saw the, the, the drop goals, the penalties and the tries. And the thing came into my head and went, I'm sure someone said something about a drop goal. So well done, Barry, picking up that. Five bucks, not bad. Bazza, absolutely nailed it. Hi, guys. The most disappointing final I watched was 2013. I got up in the middle of the night and watched the Kiwis with Sonny Williams and Co. get beaten 34-2. It was disappointed as we looked strong all tournament from Jamie. That'd be the World Cup, wouldn't it? 2013, yeah. Oh, well, there's a, num- there's a number of those games. Uh... Didn't Sonny Williams get included really late into the squad? <laughs> yeah, he did. He got bought into the, bought in the team at the expense of Gisu. A young kid I out of Melbourne remember. that was going all right in the back row. He actually got named, and then they, they had to phone him and tell him that he missed out because they were putting Sonny in there. It was Tohu Harris. Tohu Harris. Yeah. So, um, yeah, not a great moment uh, in time for the New Zealanders, and, you know, we haven't seen Tohu in that jersey for a long time. Yikes. Thanks for bringing it up, Louis. Worse for me, no doubt, was when the Mana got spanked in Pretoria or Manly dusting the storm 40 to zip in 2008 grand final. Yeah, that's right. That was... Um, an absolute shambles. <laughs> the Chiefs went over and got done. And we just had someone on Friday say they they flew from London, remember? And they turned up and they were loving it. And then all of a sudden, they weren't loving it. Louis, one team didn't play, weren't allowed to play, but they did score more points than the Warriors. Oh. <laughs> Come on, Richie. <laughs> you can't be doing that. It's too early. It's unfair. Uh Young man, I can only assume you're talking about Kempi. No, you're 100% correct. Kempi, the Blues were lucky to be there. Two finals, the game's ahead. Chiefs, Gatlin missed a sitter. Crusaders were at 13 men in the regular season. Quarter final, the Highlanders' front row destroyed the Blues' front row. There were warning signs everywhere. The Brumbies got done by the referee and Crusaders' job done. Dean, it's, when you look at it in isolation, that's kind of what I was trying to say last week. There were warning signs there, but the Blues deserved their spot to have a crack at them. Oh, 100%. I, you know, they, they'd been the, the team that performed all season. You know, it doesn't really... It reminds me a lot of the Wigan side in the, in the late 80s, early 90s, you know what I mean, where they just had just the, the wood on everyone over in the, in the UK Super League. And... Uh, you come up against them in a final, and they would you, you'd you'd have you'd have them through the form and the and the club rounds and the and the and the semis and that, and you'd get to a final and they'd tonk teams. You know what I mean? They they go to the Challenge Cup and they would struggle to get there, and then you know Martin of Five. Remember they played Leeds, he scored five tries. It's just when they're good and they know what to do. Um, teams like the Crusaders will get the job done. You know what? You know when they show they show up. And Leo McDonald would have said this to the Blue side. They're going to show up, no matter what. They're going to show up, and it's not about them. It's about whether or not you show up to play them. And then they just took every, they took all the the parts to the game which the Blues enjoyed doing out of the out of the game, and made them made them play their game. Um, and I and I guess the set pieces would be interesting. You talk to Izzy about that is where they won the game, just taking the ball off them and turning them around. We're talking grand final flops. Warriors Roosters grand final occasion got the better of the team, Tristan. Ah, uh, that was look. It was really interesting actually because um, I was meant to mention that just before I listened to Daniel Anderson talk to Monty on the on his show on TV. Monty asked him a really good question about the grand final. I knew where he was going with it. I'll tell you the story about that another time. But he said, "Have you got any regrets about the grand final?" And I said, "No." Mm. And I was like. Mm. Nah, man, you have. <laughs> so it's so funny there because, uh, yeah, 
<laughs> when people say they're under, you know it's okay to have regrets, eh? I think we've talked about this on the show before. Who said they didn't have a regret? Uh, oh, I didn't regret signing Matt Lodge. Cam George didn't regret signing Matt Lodge. It's like, you know it is okay to be everyone, regretful. Of course, we everyone, everyone has regrets. And you've got you to gotta step up I, and you've got to have the humility to take it on the chin but don't be a pork chop. But right now we've got him uh, live from an onsen hot pool, probably, or maybe the back nine at Millbrook, if he got up nice and early. Hello, Izzy. Uh, 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 what a good day to be a crusader. Yes! <laughs> you sneaky? Oh, mate, have you been, have you been on a three-day bender? Oh, mate. Honestly, I've never been so proud. I have never, ever been so proud. It was so good, boys. What an absolute clinic. It was. It was. Izzy, I want to ask you, mate, because you couldn't tell us last week, but the uh, they they let it out of the bag that the old boys had a bit to say. Mate, did you actually go into the club and talk to the players before the game? Uh, we, all had, we all had sent some videos in. Yeah, so we... Um, we just uh, uh, sent a few videos through just about finals footy and well, most of those players have been there and done that. It was more just about encouraging them to say, you know, just head up there and, and uh, you know, we rallied behind them. So they got our full support and, um, yeah, just sent it through on Wednesday um, middle last week and, and they obviously played it to the lads on probably Friday and, mate, it was uh, uh, what, a, what an absolute clinic. Okay, like, I, that's why I spoke last week about it and obviously... It looks a bit biased because I've played for them and I'm, I'm always t- talking them up, mate. But, like, finals footy, it's different, you know? The pressure, mm. the, the little moments and uh, just, just the, you know, the, the pr- amount of pressure that the Crusaders applied from the get-go. You know, they, they kicked off early, put them down their own end, gave them a, a difficult time to exit their own end, just kept them down in their own territory for about 30 minutes, dropped goals, scoreboard pressure, boys. Oh, it's huge. But they were making uncharacteristic mistakes for about that whole entire game, really. You know, just dropping balls, pedal fit to drop in a couple easy ones. And, um, you know, you, you got Bodie, who was, you know, just under so much pressure. And, and it just shows, eh, like, pressure just amounts. And then they just, they weren't able to adapt. And then they had no set piece. So that goes a long way as well. Um, but, mate, yeah, pro- probably the most proudest I've ever been. Like, I played in a couple. I'm probably more proud watching that one. Yeah, and you, and, you, and you talked about the set pieces. We'll talk a little bit about that in a minute. But I just want to touch on this co- uh, conversation that I've just heard Razor um, have, and he talked about the co- co- connectiveness of the uh, old boys and the club yeah. uh, history with today's players. Mate, that's yeah. that's what we're talking about with DNA, isn't it? That, that's that IP, yeah, Uncle, and that DNA just, you know, like, when you when you leave, like it's probably like everything. When you leave a club, you you know, like you feel a bit awkward or you feel a little bit disconnected. You don't feel probably like you're welcome to go back and mm. and walk into training or or just go even chat to the lads. But mate, they they honestly love it when past players, even if you played you know, back in 1997 or 98, they love it when past players, a player that's got that Crusaders number, that's your number. I'm Crusader one four nine. You've got the key to the to the training field, mate. You've got the key to the offices. You can roll up anytime, take your family and kids, 
go watch training and and you're a part of that family forever mm. and that's what they try and um they try and do for for the past players they've got an alumni group which is spearheaded by um Corey Flynn uh you got a few uh, other players like Adam Whitelock you got Ruben Thorne and uh, and past players like that and we um we have a couple of meetings a year Johnny Leo um and we just try and stay connected, and then we get invited back into the training, mate. They do a mean ass haka for us. They put on a mean kai, um, but they're just always keeping you in, in, included. You know, like you you get sent the themes. You know, like you just get a real understanding of what's going on behind the scenes. So when people ask you questions, you're not just guessing. You got a genuine answer to, to what's happening. Anyway, that's for me personally. I've I've still got a real good connection. Um, with all of the players and Razor Ray and, and Jason, all those boys. So, yeah, they're, they're pretty good at that, Uncle. Hey, Izzy, on the actual game itself, look, the the way that Sam Whitelock and Jace Ryan, Scott Barrett, or whoever, I assume Sam Whitelock is probably the mastermind, has engineered that complete and utter pillaging of a line-out. No team can win when you lose more than half your line-outs. I don't care who you are. You can't do it. Nah. So... You know Sam really well. I know your your kids know each other. You've spoken about as a young Freddie. Yep. That's a charger goes around. You you know the bloke. But how intelligent? Like his rugby IQ. How, how explain it to us that people that don't know him. Like how smart is he when he gets on a rugby field? He's very very smart, but he's also got a big heart, mate. Big ticker. Like you saw him. He's big black eye in the first minute. Doesn't matter. Doesn't rattle him, mate. He stays on and just just fight through it, mate. So he's got a big ticker, but he's very, very clever. But you, you, have you heard his comments post that you wouldn't have probably heard it, Louis, you were at the game. Um, he actually spoke about uh, defensive lineouts. It wasn't actually him. He said it was Cullen Graves, um, Clinton Strange, and all the young guys. He, he obviously, that's what great leaders do. They, they pass on, um, you know, they pass on a certain roles to help these young players grow, and he gives them opportunities to grow their game or for a player like him, he could take it all on, but then you're not bringing these other young kids up with you and not getting them to learn. So when he has to leave one day, which is, you know, inevitable, he's going to have to um, park up and, and go make some cash or more cash than he already has. Uh, <laughs> that, that, that those players, when they're in those situations, when he's not there, they've already felt it and they've already had that role and they've, they've been able to nail it. So um, it, it has, that's his biggest strength, say, is he's, He's very approachable, mate, and he's he's willing to 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 bring players up with him to to offer like experiences, a bit of bit of knowledge. But mate, he is so so good, and you saw how just dominant he was in that um in that whole entire game. Obviously, the lineouts was key. Uh, that went a long way. That they can't operate if you got no lineout. And I was pumped when I seen them not being able to catch anything. And then they bought Luke Romano. I was like, I wonder if Lukey can make a change. But no, nah, didn't do anything. It was just a, a bit of a debacle. They had them uh, in two minds. But then I think about the scrum lads. Now, wow. Let me get you started on the scrum. <laughs> what about... What about when offer comes on with Carl Tui Nukuafi? Big Fletch. The best loose head in the country, apparently. <laughs> and, <laughs> and the mighty Williams and Fletch and Noel just absolutely buckle them. Like I'm, I'm not. I'm thinking. I'm sitting there going, "Wow, I did not see that coming." 
That is crazy, and that is, to be honest, a wee bit concerning. If I'm going to be completely honest, it's a wee bit concerning 13 days out for the first 10, mm. so... Yeah, cool. that's an that's an uh, that's an insight that's an insight, is he? Because you're dead right. You know, if the young blokes come on, then we saw, we talked about that with Ireland having a young team come down here, and we don't want them to do that to the All Blacks. But you talk about that leadership and how it's passed down and filtered down through those structures, and they're all on the same page, and they they obviously know what they're doing and been given the autonomy to do this. You got to take your hat off to Ray, Razor and Whitelock for for that. I've got a text there. Um, as I'm going to read it out because I want to get your <laughs> feedback on it. It says, "Morning, Louis. Do uh, they do mean a lot to us? Cantabs from the earthquake days. They weren't just playing for us. They walked amongst us, manned a shovel, delivered food parcels, and cuddled little old ladies, um, which gave us such a boost uh, at the time. And we still stay connected to them all. Can you just tell us a little bit about? Because we spoke to thanks for um, that, PJ. By the way." Yeah, we, 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 we spoke to one of the uh, journalists down there about what it means to Canterbury and the people. Can you just talk about that, Izzy, what it means to them? Oh, mate, it's, um, we've been through a lot, eh? We've been through a hell of a lot down there, and, and there hasn't been any give, and, and it's been um, difficult times. But I guess for us as the Crusaders, um, you know, a team that, that, the, you know, that the Canterbury region absolutely loves, and not only Canterbury, a lot of people around the country and, and, and around the world love, love the team and what they're about. So for us, it was a difficult time. It was a real difficult time. And it would have been easy for us to, like, uh, we were all scared too, mate. We all had kids. We all had um, our family members. And we were worried. We, you know, we were thinking, wow, you know, what's going on? We had no power. Um, no, like, food was um, pretty limited because obviously some of us didn't go out and, and go get a bit of kai. So, like, there's... There's times there when you just had so much uncertainty. Um, but for us, as a team, we, we came together and we connected and then we just said, look, this is bigger than rugby. Um, this is actually people out there are really affected and they are hurting and, and they're going through a real difficult time. So we have a platform here. You know, people obviously respect us and they look up to us and it'll be easier for us to just stay in our homes and, and worry about us. But how inspiring would it be for us if we go out and out there and help? So as a team, we just we just connected and we and we tried to um, just get out. We couldn't do everything, but for us, we just went out and and tried to help as many people as possible. And and like the biggest thing down in Christchurch during the earthquake was liquefaction, mate. Mud was everywhere, and and it was just a horrible, horrible mess. So for us, we just get on the spades, get out there, get the wheelbarrows, start digging, getting muddy, getting dirty, and. And just trying to help as uh, as much as possible, and I think, you know, we're we're humans, bro. Like we we got feelings and we and we care. So for us, it was an easy decision just to get out there and and, and help and and just uh, respect our our people that are that are doing it tough. So we try to do that. It was a difficult year, Kempi. We had no stadium, we had no uh, homes. I remember that first week, bro. Like uh, me, Matt Burkwitz, Zach, uh, a few others. We just bunked up at home, bro. And, and we only had, we had no toilet, so we, we had mm. no toilet, we had a barbecue, and, and, and I had a wound-up radio, bro, so I used to wind up this radio and listen to the news, and I was only about a kilometre from the CCC, CCTV building, and just, you know, hearing all that, it was, it was a difficult time, but 
yeah, we had an opportunity to go out and help him with a rally to round, bro. And is he the community and like people like myself and Crusaders fans all through Christchurch, they've never forgotten it, and that's why they feel so connected. I remember reading in Dan Carter's book, I think it was Andy Ellis was influential in saying, let's play for these people, let's not turn our back on the city now. This is when they want us, and you know, the whole the whole way you guys rallied around the city and vice has been replicated vice versa, and um, you know the, the way that the community feels so connected. Just quickly before we let you go, mate, all blacks with a eye to the All Blacks, is there any reason after watching that game Ian Foster, Brad Moore, John Plumtree, Joe Schmidt, Grant Fox can't give the midfield car keys to Jack Goodhue and David Harvey and feel confident they can do the job after watching them play on the weekend? Oh, there's no reason Louis, for sure um, yeah, like that, that was Davies best game I've seen him play Either. for a long time, I yeah. must say yeah. he was just so so good like, he, he just really complimented Richie Moonga. Like, he allowed Richie to be able to play like that. You think you just think Richie's an absolute freak. He is. He's very athletic, and he's got a real mouth of knowing where to be, and he can get out of trouble so easily. But that comes down to his ability with his connections with David Harvey. Like, Davey's got a great boot on him. So as a team, you're constantly worrying about relieving the pressure. How do I check? We know there's space there. But when Davey's there, he knows he's, he can he can probably roam a bit. He can probably get out of his first receiving role and start getting into other positions, knowing that Davy can kick. But then on the other side of the ball, bro, I thought defensively he was so good. So there's a couple of times he had to shoot out the line. If he misses that, they're gone. He 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 nailed. The only one that he missed was that one when he rushed up over the scrum and it and it bounced and he slipped over and then made that little break down the left. But before that, mate, he was shutting them down. Jack Goodhue was just big. And you think like RTS and Rico Yuani, probably the you know two of the, two of the form centres in the comp, going up that were were made to look um, yeah pretty pretty average I feel. But hey, even I said yesterday when I did a um, I did a, a phone call with Drew Mitchell and I said I said look to be honest Dan Carter would have looked average behind that pack. <laughs> you can't get anywhere when you when you when you got no front football so. Yeah, you, you gotta you gotta look give them that thing, you know, like they didn't have a pack, they didn't have front football, but David Hovely, Jack Goodhue, mate, they'll just yeah, they'll be making the coaches think, Okay, maybe we might have it wrong there. We'll be, we'll have to give it to the Crusaders. Just just play them all, Louis. Yeah, <laughs> mate, you touched on you touched on it last what week. Oh uh, yeah, look, uh, I, I think I think there'd be I think there'd be a really good argument for um, starting Mawonga, uh, Havili, and Jack Goodhue as the as the five eight second five and centre. Uh, yeah, but uh, you just don't you just don't know what um, that next step up to international football is going to be. They des- like you said last week, as it was a a All Black trial. And you've got blokes that yeah. matched up and actually went out there and done a job on on their opposite. So whether or not Foster and his team say right, that's that's where we're going to go in the in the first week uh, of the of the test. Then let's go there. I, well, I have no problem with that. Just just before we wind up, mate, just tell us what you're doing. How's the how's the family? They enjoying the breakdown there. Have you got a bit of golfing? Yeah, yeah. I had a game yesterday. I had a jam at the hills. It was freezing. It was cold and yuck, so I didn't enjoy that. But um, <laughs> no, we're good, lads. We're, we're good, eh? Just just chilling out. The kids are having fun. We're going to go up the mountain tomorrow night. Uh, tomorrow, today, we're just going to um, chill out at out at Moorbrook and yeah, just have a real relax, bro. It's it's been awesome. It's been good just to be able to chill and uh, look honestly. 
set my alarm five to eight. How good boy. <laughs> <laughs> sleeping. Is he sleeping? Yeah. Love right. it, mother. Uh, all right, Izzy. We'll look forward to having you back. Have you seen what Mandy's done to your cutout in the pool house? Kempi owes us a beer. I loved it. I loved it, eh, Kempi? That's so good, Mandy. Mate, that's honestly, hey, boys, keep boys. it. Keep it. I'll have that. I'll have that. I'll put it up. I'll put it up in carry, mate, in one of the one of the pads up there, and just keep it forever. Yes, brother. Hey, boys, wish you heaps. Hey, I, I really appreciate giving me this opportunity. You hold the fort down, and, and everyone out there, thank you. Love yous, miss yous, and uh, anytime, boys. I'll be I'll be chatting chat most most of this week. So just give me a call. Oh, okay, six oh five tomorrow. Perfect. <laughs> That's Daggy live from Milbrook this morning. Um, and we love your messages coming through. Jim from Tamuka. We're going to go and conference this one in the break here, Kimby. He's written an ode to Ken and Zaid. And we're going to see if we should read this poem. I'll get you to ear check it for me. Uh, there's some great messages coming through. People are worried about a lack of a carer's performance. I think I'd be highly concerned with the lack of his performance and Satutu. No presence around the field. And you're right, we haven't spoken about Bowden Barrett today because there's probably no point. Dan Carter couldn't win behind that pack off that set piece, and I think Izzy made that point very well. Here with Chemist Warehouse, great savings every day. Scotty Scheffler playing some unbelievable golf in the last round of the US Open. Cardo Ball filling in for Smithy up after nine. Now they're going to talk to Mark Bone at 9.30 about this landmark decision by FINA uh, to not allow trans athletes or to compete in the women's competitions and um, their events unless they've gone through their transition before the age of 12. Extremely complex issue, and this will be landmark and one that other sports and IOC will lean on. So stay tuned for that. Lydia Cole about two or three shots back, uh, three shots back, sorry, in the LPGA final event, well, the final day of their event this morning. It's one of the uh, major LPGA events outside of the majors. But Kempe, Saturday night you were here calling the Warriors. We know what happened there. They just need to come home. The Panthers probably could have put 60 on them. They put, what, 34? Yeah, 40. I think the final score is 40 points to six. Um, yeah, it was pr- pretty much a, a run in the park, a training run for the Panthers. Uh, he rested a number of his players late on the second half. Serraldo, Ivan Cleary still dealing with that knee um, problem that he's got and the blood clots that have um, been tracking up to his lungs, which is not good. So wishing Ivan all the best. But yeah, they played their last game over there in Redcliffe. And uh, yeah, the next two weeks is really about building up uh, this game against the Tigers. I thought Volkman was really good. The young kid that got a start, uh, 19-year-old out on the left edge. He he got tested a few times um, defensively, pulled off a couple of tackles, had a couple of good kicks. Uh, Nice little running game. Stocky little bloke. You know, so he, yeah. he's, he's got a he's got a a little bit of a future, I think, in that number six jersey. But you know, playing six in the NRL takes a long time to master. This week should be about the Kiwis. Are you excited? A hundred percent. I think Jerome Hughes will be named captain. You do? I do. I think Jerome Hughes will be named captain this week. They'll they'll do no worse than naming him um, captain this week, leading into the World Cup. I think it's a a really good chance for him to bond and and build, uh, I guess, that, that relationship with the players and bring some of that Mel- Melbourne leadership, as we heard Frank Panisi talking about on that uh, podcast with us uh, in and around what Jerome Hughes brings to that Melbourne team. I think he can do that for the Kiwis. Uh, and really interesting hearing Madge say that he's already decided that uh, Joseph Munner will start at fullback and what that does to the edge players and where tomorrow Martin actually plays or if he doesn't play because then he's got to decide on who he has on the bench. Does he go with... Um, uh, you know, Kieran Foran, or does he start him? 
you know, and then if they if that's the case, then what happens to the young boy out of Parramatta? Um, it's it's a really interesting selection for me. I'd love to see Dylan Brown play. I think. I well, think Dylan Brown, mate, again, you know, the other night he was great for Parramatta. He's got speed. I I, I, I reckon you stop experimenting with a Kiwi team. Just put them in their best positions and give them a shot. Completely agree. We've got a lead up and a chance here to win a World Cup with this squad. Let's let's put them in a put them in their best positions and let them go. Let's just let's t- treat. Why don't we just treat international rugby league like it's ours? Well, we yeah we should try and own it. Um, I think you go a long way by you know giving Tonga a, a decent game this week and, and getting a really good win. I think they're capable of putting some some points on Tonga because I can't see their spine uh, stepping up even though they've got a, a massive forward pack. They lose a couple of players to Origin. Uh, interesting too to see with Origin that Freddie Fittler's named seven new blokes in the Origin uh, for New South Wales to get the second game over in Perth. I thought, mate, if Billy Slater was having mind games with Brad Fittler, he's won it, hands down. To go out and make seven changes, I know a couple of them are forced, but to make seven changes in your second game in Origin, Billy Slater would be laughing. Rapid fire, Kempe, um, for people asking, when's the next State of Origin game? Next State of Origin is next Wednesday in Perth. When will the Kiwi side most likely be named? It should be named tomorrow at five o'clock. Okay, there you go. Rugby League will keep our eyes on across the week here. Kempe and me, uh, Izzy at Millbrook. So we'll be holding the fort down. Now, Ricardo's up after nine. I've just realised, and this is very naughty of me, I haven't given you the opportunity to win a two degrees pack. Two degrees are the Super Rugby net- super Network behind Super Teams, proudly supporting our Super Rugby teams in their search for Pacific dominance. This slipped my mind completely. How about this? you got eight minutes. Pick up your phone, text us double eight double three. Who was the best player in Super Rugby this season? Now the competition is done and dusted. Deck maintenance isn't fun. Move the furniture and barbecue, sand and prep, paint, seal, or get a low-maintenance Trex deck. The only colour fade you'll have to deal with is watching the sunset. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.